Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis.com podcast. I'm your host, Nina Pantic, joined by my co-host, Irina Falcone. Hey guys, how's it going? Our special guest is WTA pro, Christina McHale. Christina, welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. We like to start with figuring out where in the world you are during this uh, quarantine season. So tell us where you're at. So yeah, I was um, been in Atlanta for the past two months, um, literally right after Indian Wells, uh, that got canceled. I was like, okay, where am I going to go? So I went home for a couple of days. And then my sister was like, why don't you come for a week? And literally it just kept extending, extending, extending. And so we've been having a good time. Did you take your tennis rackets when you went down there? You know, good thing I did because <laughs> I've been able to practice, but I literally kept debating it when I was home. I was like, uh, if it's just a week, like, should I bring my rackets or bring my sneakers? And then I was like, you know what? Yeah. Let me just, let me just throw them on the, <laughs> with me on the plane. And, and thankfully, uh, it's come in handy. What's been the hardest part for you? I think maybe it's probably the fact that the return keeps getting a stint extended, but what's been the biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge has been just not knowing when we're going to come back. Um, I think, you know, normally we have something in mind that we're training for, or we have, you know, a, a date. I mean, thankfully I do have world team tennis coming up and it looks like it's going to happen. So that has you know, been able to help me um, figure out a timeline, but just in terms of the tour, just that uncertainty of not knowing is, is tough. So usually you, you talk to two different kinds of people, in my opinion, during this quarantine time, you have the people that are like, oh my God, it's just a virus. Like it's <laughs> no big deal. We'll totally be fine. And then you have the other side of it. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't be near people. I can't like <laughs> go outside. So where do you fall in that spectrum? I would say I'm somewhere in the middle. I think definitely at the beginning of the quarantine, I was like, oh my God, like, don't want to leave. I cannot leave. Like, I don't even know if I want to go to the grocery store, things like that. And then slowly I've been getting more used to doing things. And especially here in Georgia, things have, you know, we were one of the first states to open up. So technically, I mean, we could go, you know, sit down at a restaurant, um, which we haven't done yet. But um, I mean, I've been playing some tennis and stuff with my sister and Ryan, um, but yeah, slowly getting, it's funny, like these things were all completely normal. And now like the thought of like sitting and eating at a restaurant is like scary. So, yeah. It feels crazy to think that you couldn't go to a restaurant and sit or like a bar or even a tennis court, but you're getting some practice in and you have your sister, luckily Lauren around and you have Ryan Harrison as your hitting partner, right? Yeah. I'm pretty lucky to be quarantined with them. Cause I've been, um, able to hit with my sister and with Ryan sometimes. And then with my sister, especially, I've been making her do all my workouts with me to keep me motivated. So she's like ready for a comeback on the tour. She said, <laughs> not that she was ever really on the tour, but she says she's ready to, to make her debut. Yeah. I was actually talking about that with Travis today, just how, just having someone there to kind of be there to kind of suffer with you throughout yeah. the workout just makes it easier, but that's awesome that you're going to be able to play world team tennis. Not everyone has that luxury. I mean, here we have some exhibition kind of style yeah. tournaments that are going on, but um, yeah, I'm on the spectrum of 
I do not want to play those events just because there's no physios, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you're just not really sure about. So the fact that you're going to play world team tennis, I mean, it's something to look forward to. Does, are you like excited to get back? Yeah, I'm really excited. And they just announced that it's going to be all in one place in West Virginia at the Greenbrier Resort, which I've heard really good things about. So I think that's great that we're not going to have to travel to several different cities. Once we get there, we'll stay there. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited because it's been like over two months since I've last played a competitive match. But like that environment is so fun. And like you're on a team. So it's, you know, I mean, it's serious because like everyone wants to win. But at the same time, you know, um, you can enjoy with your teammates. So I think it'll be a good like ease back into things. You've played world team tennis before in normal past, normal times. You have yeah. played for the Aviators. You played for the New York Empire. You played for the Castles. So who are you playing for this summer? I'm playing for the San Diego Aviators, who I filled in for them four matches last year. And Ryan's actually on that team. So that'll be fun. We uh, were teammates last year as well for four matches. So um, yeah, it, it, World Team Tennis is a lot of pressure too, because I played a full season a couple of years ago. And you know, you want to win so much for your team. Like obviously you guys playing college tennis would know that. It's, uh, it's a different sort of um, pressure, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember actually I was watching you and playing Orlando last year and I hadn't seen you in a long time. It was during like when I was taking my sabbatical or whatnot. And I mean, you were come oning and you were getting so fired up. I was like, kid it, girl, like in the stands. I was just like, all right, this is just supposed to be like, you know, a friendly exhibition style match. But you were getting after it. Yeah, no, our our team, we were really taking it seriously. Um the, yeah, when I got there, it was like, we're, we're trying to, yeah, win every match and, and do the best we can, but we were having fun with it too. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I saw like the plans for the court in um, at the Greenbrier Resort and it um, they're going to be using one court and like they'll have, you know, several matches a day. So I think it's going to be a really cool atmosphere. And even they said maybe up to 500 fans can come out. So that'll be nice to have um, a little bit of a interaction with, with people watching. Have they given you any guidelines and like ways to make you feel comfortable about maybe being nervous to be out in a big, I mean, it's a big resort, right? With other people might be there. A lot of other players are going to be flying in and out. I'm not sure if everyone's staying for the whole tournament or the whole season, but probably. Have they given you any comforting words to like really reassure you? Um, we are supposed to have a phone call with um, the organizers um, later this week. So I think they'll give us all the details and the breakdown, but they have assured us that they're taking all the necessary steps um, and precautions to make sure that, you know, this is as safe an, an environment as it can be. And um, they did say that West Virginia has had some of the fewest cases in all of the, the U.S., but obviously it's still a risk, you know, going there. You don't know where other people have been and where they've been quarantined and stuff, but I think um, there will be safety precautions taken prior to everyone stepping on court. Yeah, I actually, I think I was talking to Nina a little bit about this, how they're going to be quarantine, quarantining people no matter, even if you were in the States, they're still going to quarantine you for like four days leading up to the event. Did you hear anything about that? Um, I just received an email and I know that I have to, every player has to be there starting on the 10th. And I think um, the first match will be on the 12th. So I don't know yeah, anything more than that, but that is normally you could arrive like the afternoon of the of the match and but no now we have to be there a full two days before so I think that's good I think to make sure that no one's showing any symptoms before we all get out there it'll be interesting to see how this plays out it's it's recent news that, that this is all going to happen in one venue so it's exciting to have like real tennis but are you fully training are you back in like are you committed to the full swing like what, what does your day-to-day -day life look like 
So yeah, I would say now I'm really starting to get back into more of a regular training since things are opening up more. Um, I've been able to practice with a couple other girls that are here in the Atlanta area. Um, Grace Min and I practiced a couple days ago. Um, so that was nice seeing her. Um, and yeah, I'm, I've been keeping up with my workouts, but I would say now I'm starting to pick up more on the tennis part. And I'm probably going to go home to New Jersey for a little bit. And then I can work with my coach there and my fitness trainer and try to get, you know, a little bit more. Um, but I think all of us are going to be a little bit de definitely rusty for sure at the beginning, having not played a competitive match in a while. So when you say you're going to go back to Jersey, are you going to be training at Flushing with your coach and your fitness? That's, that's the thing is I've been, I've been waiting to see when they're going to open up there. Obviously that's, that's a big question since they were actually using it for as a hospital for, um, for a little bit. So yeah, that's a really big question mark, but if not, I, once things open up more in Jersey, I'll still go back there and whether I just, you know, hit with some people, um, elsewhere or, um, yeah, go, you know, hit the park or something, but I haven't been home in so long. I'm like, okay, I need to get home before, before I go for three weeks to West Virginia. Perfectly fair. Have you picked up any new hobbies or uh, interests, passion, skills during this this weird three month period? I can't believe it's been three months. I know, right? Um, well, it's it's crazy because the beginning part felt like it was taking forever, and the days were so long. And honestly, now like things are just going by really quickly. Um, I watched the whole Vampire Diaries series, which let me put this in perspective for you. It's eight seasons of 22 episodes each. And I watched that in two months. Like I was so into it. Um, that really helped pass a lot of the time. Um, we're big into puzzles here and other sorts of games, um, Cards Against Humanity, Scrabble. Um, we tie-dyed some shirts. Um, I was doing a little bit of schoolwork too. So that was like, I was somewhat productive a little bit. But I don't know, it's just kind of been nice to like have free time to actually do things. I mean, I was thinking about only like, talking about it with my sister, like since I've been like probably like 12, 13, I've been literally nonstop and had, you know, like pretty much, you know, this is my training time. Okay, I'm going to the tournament, then I'm here, maybe I have a couple of days. So actually, especially in this part of the season or the year to have this much time off, I haven't had this in years. And like the three of us had birthdays, my sister, Ryan and myself, and actually getting to spend them at home and, and somewhat plan, you know, a little bit. Um, it's been really nice. Yeah. It's a silver lining to, to obviously the, the awful things that are going on with the virus, but just a silver lining has been to be able to spend time at home. Yeah. Cause I mean, you'd typically be in French open time. You would probably mm -hmm. be in Rome for your birthday. If I'm Literally not like half 10 birthdays have been in Europe and I would say like nine of them have been in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's I can not a bad place to be for your birthday, but it was nice to be home. It's definitely not terrible. Yeah. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, everyone. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast with special guest Chris. Christina McHale. She's telling us about her interesting history with Serena Williams. Keep listening. Christina, you and I go way back, mm -hmm. go like way back from back in the day. And you recently came down here to Orlando. And um, I guess my biggest question is, how's your cooking skills? Have they improved? <laughs> 
Have they improved since the last time I saw you? I can't believe I actually didn't even mention that when you asked what I've been up to. Actually, Lauren has helped me make a lot more things. I'm like, cause she was just, you know, I was like depending on her. Okay, what are we having for breakfast? What are we having for lunch? And then it got to a point where she's like, Chris, come on. Like, you can't be depending on me for every meal. So um, no, that has been one thing that this time has been really good for me. Um, I have become a lot better, not at your level, but slowly, slowly getting better. Yeah. Is there a specialty dish that you've mastered yet? There's a couple chicken dishes that we've made that have been pretty good. Um, I love making now eggs and avocado in the morning because literally I wouldn't make eggs before. So like, I'm not even kidding. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, w nothing, nothing too, you know, like too fancy at this point, but it's getting better. I'm very happy to hear it. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned school there. I saw that you were part of the Harvard business program. Can you explain how that works? And if, are you finished with it now? Do you graduate? What, what's this, what's a semester look like? Mm -hmm. It was a really cool experience. So it was um, just one semester long. So uh, everyone that was in it uh, completed it. And we were actually lucky because we got to go on campus. I think it was right that first week of February. Um, and there was like two days that we spent on campus. And so that was like maybe a couple weeks prior to everything shutting down. So we were lucky that we were able to go there and sit in on some classes. And it was a crossover into a business program. So there were um, a bunch of um, professional athletes and then we were went on campus and we were um, sitting in on regular classes and then we were paired up with two mentors for the course of the semester. And then we had a couple um, cases that we worked on with them and then we had a final project. So it literally felt like I was uh, in school and I was um, preparing for, for like a final, yeah. Speaking of school, your older sister went to uh, Princeton and then she finished at UNC, is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was there ever a consideration for you to go to college and attend and be a college team player? Definitely. I actually didn't turn pro until I was 18. So it was definitely an option for me leading up um, through high school. And um, I think it was different, though, when I was debating between turning pro and going to college. I think it was either like you do this or you it wasn't like how now I feel like, which is great that you know, you can go for a year or two or even complete your degree. And then it's like really encouraged to go out and play on the tour. When I was deciding it was more like you did one or the other. So I'm still happy with my decision, but um, I think it's really cool that you can do both now. Was there a certain moment, cause I know that you were really good, really young, but was there a certain moment where you realized like I can hang with the pros, like this was the right call? Was it right away at 18? Was it later on? Hmm. Um, I mean, I think that was a factor in me deciding to turn pro was that I did have some success um, early on in my career. And so I felt like I could make a living doing this and I could compete with the, with the top girls. Um, but yeah, it was still a struggle, obviously. Like it's, it's a big change from, from juniors to pros and it just, you go through so many ups and downs throughout your career. So um, yeah, it was, it's definitely a transition. I mean, you've, you've spent seven years in a row in the top 70. Right now, you're just outside of that. Do you feel you're just turned 28? Do you feel like really like a veteran, like you're really established and like stable and comfortable? Like what's your, I guess, compared to when you first started, you know, I know it's been like at least this point, 10 years. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I cannot believe how long I've been playing. Actually, it's crazy. I don't think you ever really feel comfortable because, you know, you feel like there's always, you know, there's more players coming up behind you. So you've got to keep trying to improve your game and you've got to keep trying to 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 maintain and improve your level, obviously, to to be stay competitive with the top girls. So it's been a little bit of a challenge to, you know, yeah, stay stay in the top hundred and um but yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm 28, but I still feel like I, I have a couple of good years left in me. Seven years in a row finishing in the top 70 is just like it's so awesome. Like <laughs> that's it's it's really cool. And honestly, you know, when people don't really understand how hard it is to be top hundred, but I've always said it's it's kind of it's kind of try and uh bear with me with this correlation, but it's kind of like losing weight. Bear with me. <laughs> it's easy to get it off, but to maintain it is the struggle, you know? So it's kind of a lot of players. I know like I shot up to top hundred in my first 10 months, but it's a matter of maintaining it, you know? Um, and so it's been remarkable what you've been able to do with your career. So I'm just curious. I mean, you've been playing for 10 years, consistently top hundred. What do you think would you say is the one thing that's kept you at that like level? Yeah, good good question. <laughs> I'm uh, I think I'm a very motivated person, so I think yeah, I think it's just been more I would say more tough like just trying to keep finding ways to improve your game and pushing yourself to to make the changes that you know that you need to make. Um but like in terms of motivation, I feel like that part sort of comes easy and I'm sort of yeah, like always wanting to push myself. Um but just yeah, like realizing sometimes it's uncomfortable the changes that you need to make in your game but you know that if you don't make them you're not going to get to that level so that's sort of been trying to push myself to to get out of my comfort zone a little bit and try and and make these changes that um yeah that's a little bit scary to make you had a stellar year back in i think 2016 is when you won your first wta title arena you've won one as well how good was it to get that achievement you know like that says stat next to your name i know it maybe took a little longer than you wanted but it feels like it all came together in 2016 you also won an 80k i think last year in france i mean that's a huge tournament as well so how good that that title the wta one <laughs> thank you yeah it did come several years after playing so it was um it was worth the wait but yeah i think it, there's just like throughout your career you just go through so many ups and downs so um obviously that was like four years ago so trying to trying to get back to that would you say that that's probably been like the highlight of your career like one of the best moments or you know I know you've had a lot of success at the U.S. Open which is pretty much your backyard so shed a little light on what would you say is like top two top three best moments in your tennis career other than, you know, Pan Am silver medal with me, obviously. Uh, of course. <laughs> um, we do go way back, Irina. We way do. Back. Um, okay, so for sure, yeah, winning my first title was very exciting. But I think um, going to the Olympics in 2012, I would definitely have to put that up there. Um, yeah, just the whole, walking in the whole opening ceremonies. I mean, I still, when I think about it, get goosebumps and look back at photos. And I think it's just, yeah, one of the coolest experiences. And then, yeah, I definitely, my favorite, um, I have some, you know, favorite memories from US Open. Like you said, it's, it's literally where I've trained for so many years and my friends and family come out. And I just absolutely loved the grandstand court, the old one. That was my favorite court of all time. And I got to play on that one a couple of times. So, um, yeah, definitely some good memories from there. 
who was on that 2012 Olympic team with you? I mean, surely some, some big stars. So yeah, Venus and Serena and then um, Vivara Lepchenko and um, Liesl Huber and Lisa Raymond were the girls. And actually Ryan was on the men's team. So it's kind of cool, like, um, yeah, family. <laughs> we're on the same team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, Arena here. Today we are with my very good friend, Christina McHale, talking about how Vampire Diaries is helping her get through this quarantine. Keep listening. What an achievement. So Serena Williams, I, for some reason, am like so obsessed with this stat about you and Serena. Whenever I like think about Christina McHale, I'm like, yeah, she always takes it to Serena Williams. <laughs> Every time you've played four times and yeah, okay, fine. You've lost all four times, but you yeah. want to set or one time you pushed it to a seven, six. So like pretty much a set. I mean, Every time, even in Auckland this year at Wimbledon. I mean, how, what is it about your game that when you see Serena Williams, you're like, this is my moment. I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I feel like the first time I played her, I was literally just hoping to get games and then it ended up going three sets. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's obviously an honor to, to play her. But then once I get into the match and you sort of get over that you're playing against Serena, you know, you just, um, yeah, I've just tried to, to try and not think of her as who she is and just try and think of her as another competitor. It's funny you say that Nina and Christina, because I think Serena and Venus and like Roger Federer and all the greats, they win matches before they even step on the court. Right, exactly. And yeah. so it's so important for, you know, the young listeners that are listening, it doesn't matter who's on the other side at the end of the day, you have to play the ball. Exactly. So once you, I think, you know, you, you're able to play your best because you realize you're like, okay, I can hang with her. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you're playing the ball. And that's, mm -hmm. my coach has always told me that. And it's always stuck with me. Yeah. So. And they, when they go out to play anybody they're they've got all the pressure on them. They're the favorites. So it's, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta try and think of little things to, to get yourself psyched up. You always hear Serena say that everyone tries to play their best and usually do play their best, their best a game against her. And she's not going to do that every time, but do you and her have a relationship? Does she say like hi to you in the locker room? Yeah, I, um, I've been on like earlier on in my career, a couple of Fed Cup teams with her. And so, um, yeah, when I see her, I always try and say hi. I assumed, I assumed as much. <laughs> I also want to talk about your Lacoste deal, just because there's not a lot of Americans that have that kind of setup. I usually think of, you know, usually French players. And I've seen a lot of photo shoots with you in Lacoste. So how fun is it to be taking part in such, you know, I mean, I guess they're not extravagant, but like you had to feel really special to be the ambassador and kind of the model. What are those experiences like? Is there any like highlights of being on a Lacoste shoot? I always think they're so like fancy. <laughs> no, I'm for sure. I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of the Lacoste team. And I think it's going on like five years now. Um, and yeah, I think like when I first started with them to now, I feel like we've like using brighter colors and things like that. So I'm always really excited to wear the new collections. And photo shoots, I haven't done too many of them, but they're actually, they're, they're hard work. <laughs> it's not as glamorous as you think. <laughs> That's what people always say, like, you know, models don't have it easy, you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> four hours just to get makeup on for like yeah. you know, 
so many pictures to take. Yeah. And then I might think, oh my God, they're I think they're coming out great. And then I look at them and I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I think they look fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. And the clothing that Lacoste came out with, you know, for this spring season, do you get to, like hold it onto it for 2021? What happens with like the French open looks? So uh, we were supposed to pick that up in Paris. So I haven't even seen what it looks like yet. So hopefully we'll, if play resumes, we'll get to, to wear that outfit at another time of the year. Or I guess French Open is scheduled for uh, September, end of September. So we'll see. Will Lacoste do anything for World Team Tennis for you? So I, yeah, so our colors are white on top and black. So I have a, the, actually the same outfit that I wore last year, just a black Lacoste skirt. And then uh, World Team Tennis is cool because they'll put your name on the back, uh, which I always enjoy. And then the team logo. And um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I want to make sure we cover some fun facts about you because I find your background really interesting. I'm sure you've heard this so many times, but like the fact that you have a Cuban background, you spent your childhood a couple of years in Hong Kong. So that means you speak Spanish and a little bit of Mandarin. Like really? Now let me emphasize a little bit of Mandarin. <laughs> no, don't cut yourself short, Christina. Like I'll be passing by and you're talking to Zhang Shui and she's just like going on and on and you're just like, you know, agreeing and talking back. I'm so playing it off. I'm, play, I'm playing it off. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So my, because of my dad's job, uh, he got transferred there from when I was three to eight years old. So I did first start playing tennis there with my sister and then we took a little bit of Mandarin in school there. I went to an international school, so my uh, classes were all in English, but we took a little bit of Mandarin every day. And then it is always fun to practice with some of the Chinese girls because they'd rather me struggle with them in Chinese than, than, you know, they're like, no, 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 it's okay. I'm like, I'm so like, I'm sorry. And they're like, no, 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 like, it's okay. We'd rather you, you know, try in Chinese than, than speak English. So it's nice. Have you tried keeping it up or is it one of those languages that it's like much better if someone teaches you or is it much harder, harder than it looks or what? Oh, it's for sure hard. <laughs> but when we actually first came back, we kept on taking lessons with the teacher. And then it just got to a certain point that I started traveling so much for tennis as a junior that I didn't keep up as much. But it is something that over the years I have all of a sudden I'm like, okay, let me let me get into it a little bit more and then I'll stop. And then, you know, my mom obviously would rather I be studying Chinese 24 hours a day. But. Yeah, because when you're in the Asia swing, aren't you like, people look at you and be like, come on, Christina, help us. We need to find the, the train and the, and the menu. So yeah, I can, I can do basic things like that. Um, but for sure, when, like, when I'm there, by the end of the Asia swing, I'm like, okay, it's all coming back to me. Like, and then, and then I leave. So then I don't really practice it very much after, but this actually would be a good time for me to could have cut off some of the Vampire Diaries episodes. Speaking on Vampire Diaries, though, like, how'd you feel about the ending? I, I cried during the last episode. <laughs> it was so touching. It was so moving. I started off as Team Stefan, and then midway through, I changed to Team Damon. And then obviously, I wanted them to end up together. But then the way that, you know, they, um, Stefan sacrificed for Damon, it was just, it was very moving. And then I found out that actually Paul Wesley is like a huge tennis fan. I saw that on the tennis channel maybe a, a month and a half ago. So that was really cool. But after just getting into it, I found out that he's a tennis fan. Oh my gosh. Is he a tennis fan? That having him on tennis channel was really cool, but he was also the U S open last year. And I was near him. 
I watched The Vampire Diaries when I was younger. So now I, I've tried to rewatch it again recently and I just thought the quality was so bad. <laughs> rewatch it. Honestly, I'm thinking about in like a couple months rewatching it. I'll have, to, I'll have to try again, but I watched it when I was younger. So when I saw him at the US Open and like walking towards our suite, I was like, that's, that's Stefan. Yeah. That's Stefan. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I want to also ask, have you guys heard of the originals? Because there's like a, there's a version of like the original vampires that, you know, they made a whole show about it. So I'm curious, yes. have you watched that? I have not, but Lauren um, has told me, because she's the one that been telling me for a while to watch Vampire Diaries, and I just kept putting it off. And then she did tell me that the originals was really good too. So I need to, and another fun fact is that they actually filmed here in Atlanta. So not too far from here. So like, we've literally been so bored that we've like looked up and they give tours of the, <laughs> of the set. So unfortunately it's all booked up, but otherwise we probably would have already gone. <laughs> And I also, I also wanted to ask you about, I know these are like absolutely random at this point, but I wanted to ask you about going to Cuba in 2016. I think that Cuba is a big place for on everyone's bucket lists and your mom is Cuban and you got to go. At that point, you would have been in your 20s. So definitely there to experience it. How awesome is Cuba? So yeah, it, it's a tough question because obviously the, the country is suffering with the communism there. And so that was really tough to see. But it was special going back with my grandma because my mom and my mom was born there and left when she was two years old and they hadn't gone back in over 50 years. So to go back with my grandma and to go to where they used to live and all the places that she used to hang out in. And I mean, obviously she was very emotional, so it made us emotional. So just being able, my grandma's getting older, so being able to go back and see it with her was really special. And, and even for my mom too. And um, But it's tough because it's a beautiful place and the people there are you know, really happy people despite not having much. So that was just tough to see that it's, you know, obviously going through through a tough time with the, with the government. I, I still think we should go, Nina. That does sound tough, but... No, yeah. like, I, it, just, it just strikes me as someplace that's still like, I mean, in a bad way, I guess, and in a good way, stuck in mm -hmm. a time period. And you kind of want to have a chance to experience the place for what it is before it changes too right. much. You also want it to change so it gets better. So I... I was thinking of it as a sensationalized tourist than as like a historian, but. No, it is cool because you're going to see cars that are literally from, you know, so many years ago and they're, you know, people just driving down the streets in these cars and, and you just see all these historic things. And obviously the beaches are beautiful too. So just to see it um, is, is, yeah, and experience it with my grandma was, was very special for me. And what, one of my last questions is, uh, what do you miss most about the tour aside from like competing? Is there something you're super eager to, to get to experience again, hopefully soon? I think seeing everyone, I think, you know, I haven't been able to see very many people. And so you miss that interaction with the other players and with the, with the fans that are watching and, um, you know, you just, it gives per perspective having this time off and makes you appreciate some of the things that maybe I took for granted, you know, when you're sort of week after week playing and playing and playing. So I think just, I think everyone will be really excited to, to see each other again. I'm sure that you'll also be excited that baseball season is coming back oh you know, since you're such yeah. a big Yankees fan. Um, a Yankee fan. Yeah, so um, honestly, this has been so cool. I'm so glad that we were able to catch up and uh see your smiling face during these hard times and uh you know fingers crossed hopefully we see each other at the u.s open potentially yeah thank you guys so so much i 
I know, fingers crossed there's a US Open. I, that, that one would really make me sad if there's no US Open, but it, what's meant to be will happen. But thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you, let's hope it happens. From the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, this has been the Tennis.com Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay caught up. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every major listening app, as well as Tennis.com slash podcasts. You can also see the videos of our episodes on Tennis Channel's YouTube page and Tennis.com's Facebook page. We're your hosts, Nina Pantic and Irina Falcone. We'd like to thank our team, editor and audio designer and video editor, Christina Koseva, producers, Alexa March and Sean O'Malley, and executive producers, Shelby Coleman, Kyle Einhorn, and Andy Chu.